Welcome to the official podcast for the Society of Urodynamics, Female Pelvic Medicine, and Urogenital Reconstruction. Here you will find podcasts highlighting clinically relevant topics, ongoing SUFU initiatives, SUFU member highlights, and much, much more. Good morning and welcome to SUFU's Interview Your Program Director. My name is Patricia Mamey. I am the second year fellow of the FPMRS program here at the University of Michigan. Today, I'll be interviewing my program director, Dr. Clemens. Good morning. Morning. Dr. Clemens, so tell me about your fellowship. Well, um, we're out here at the University of Michigan. We have uh, two fellowships. The Urogynecology Group has an FPMRS fellowship, and uh, we in urology have one as well. So we have, um, in, on the urology side, eight faculty, um, which include uh, six FPMRS certified faculty and then two um, GURS uh, faculty that are included in the fellowship. Uh, and so that's one unique aspect. We, we only accept urology trainees. The, the gynecology fellowship accepts gynecology trainees. And the fellowship is, um, is two years, uh, like most urology fellowships are. Um, so it includes a, a, a fair bit of um, involvement in male reconstruction. Uh, I've always been a little more of a lumper than a splitter. Um, I suppose the other way to say it is, you know, men have bladders too, and we can learn a lot from uh, helping take care of our male patients. Um, so that's one unique aspect. The second is we have a very good and collaborative relationship with urogynecology. Um, so they have six uh, board-certified faculty um, and they have a three-year fellowship, um, so they have three fellows uh, on service at any time, and we have two, and um, each of their three fellows spends two months a year on our service, and during those six months, then our fellows spend time on their service, so each of our fellows spends three months a year on the urogynecology service, so I think it's a more uh, robust experience with, um, with urogynecology than many fellowships have, so uh, that's a second unique aspect. Um, the third is, uh, I mentioned it's a two-year fellowship, which is true, but we do uh, have an uh, NIDDK training grant, uh, which just got renewed, um, which provides the opportunity to do a year of research. Um, it's actually a year and a half um, of training, so the fellowship in that case is one and a half years of full-time clinical and then one and a half years of research, and, and that all meets the uh, requirements for an ACGME uh, accredited fellowship plus the training grant requirements. So then the fellows uh, who do that uh, finish in three years and get a master's degree uh, of some sort related to clinical research. Um, so that's, I think those are three very unique aspects of the fellowship. Perfect. Thank you for that information. And um, can you talk about more of how many faculties do the fellows work with? Well, so as I mentioned, we've got eight on our side, and I say our side of urology faculty, and then six oncology. Um, and so the way we set the rotations up, um, uh, especially in the urology, the gynecology has their own setup, but um, two days in clinic uh, a week. Uh, and what we do is we rotate among the various faculty to give the fellows experience in clinic with, with all of the faculty. And then 
the rest of the days are spent in the OR or uh, research, depending on the exact week and what's going on in the operating room. Right. And are there any other rotations with other subspecialties? We have uh, electives. So um, we have the opportunity to do uh, one month of electives in the first year of the fellowship and one month in the second year. Um, and the electives can be in, so far, what's been developed is a colorectal surgery. Uh, and another elective is in robotic surgery. And uh, some fellows um, choose not to do those electives. Others have chosen to do both. Uh, and then uh, what I always say is if there's another idea, we can develop additional electives. Uh, so um, just up to what each fellow is looking to uh, add to their portfolio, if you will. Definitely. I can, I can attest from that. We have recently made some changes that have been great for it. Uh, each of our fellows. So, um, how would you describe the fellowship in terms of breakdown, vaginal surgery, robotic surgery, and neurogenic bladder? Well, I guess I'd say we do a lot of all of that. Um, I recall one recent fellow who, when um, she came to start the fellowship, admitted that she hadn't been involved with uh, a single vaginal uh, surgical case. And uh, graduated and felt uh, extremely comfortable with pretty much anything that she might encounter. So we do a lot of vaginal surgery. Um, robotics, as I mentioned, there's an elective, but we also, um, one of the non-core faculty uh, above the eight I mentioned is one of our robotic faculty. And um, this year, for instance, the, the endourology fellowship here has one fewer fellow, so we've incorporated uh, some more robotic surgery um, with that faculty member, um, and so that can be done as well. So, and we also have our own faculty within the fellowship that do robotics. Uh, and in neurogenic bladder, we um, have a spinal cord injury center here, and um, I think it's probably fair to say among the busiest, if not the busiest, neurogenic bladder center in the country. So that um, is, uh, there's more than enough volume to really get very comfortable with the spectrum, whether it's Parkinson's disease, MS, or traumatic spinal cord injury, and all the reconstructions uh, that are needed surgically for those patients. Great. And then speaking more about uh, research, uh, what are the research requirements in this fellowship? Um, well, the research requirements, I guess, are dictated by the ACGME, and so like any other accredited fellowship, um, we are required to have 18 months of clinical experience and then six months of something. And it can be research, it can be more clinical. Um, we, uh, most fellows start at the beginning of July and we have them do a research month for the full month of July, um, which allows them to study for their boards, take their boards, and we also um, uh, sign them up if they want for some um, research courses offered by the School of Public Health that they can audit for the month. Um, so most have chosen to do that. Um, and so that, I guess, has been one research month. But other than that, we have not had fellows do a full block of research over a period of three or six months. The research is incorporated within uh, the fellowship. And and then for those who want more training and more focused research, there is the three-year option as well. Um, and so that's the way we've set it up. Um, I will say that the department here, um, so, so, so the fellows basically are expected to do some research 
with between their clinical activities, um, there is a lot of time, there's no um, call, there are no weekend requirements. In general, the rounding is done by the residents. Um, so there's time for research and just for enjoying life in general. Um, uh, the department has a lot of support for research. There is a person whose full-time job is to help with IRB um, uh, applications, so um, we just need to provide a protocol and um, he puts it together for the IRB and interacts with them. Um, we have a, a two full-time statisticians. Uh, right now, 25% of um, their time is dedicated for non-funded research, and that is that's a line item on their salary that is paid for out of philanthropy. Um, and so, you know, it, there is research support uh, from a statistician standpoint to help um, put uh, projects together. Um, so, a lot of support. So, the point is, even though there's not necessarily months of research time, uh, there's a lot of support to prevent the need to do some of the busy work that bogs things down and um, allows for you know, making more progress. Great. And you mentioned there is time for relaxation and enjoying the life around Ann Arbor. Uh, speaking for myself, I've enjoyed myself quite a lot Ann Arbor. Um, can you tell us a little bit more of what it is like to live here in Ann Arbor? Uh, I have found it to be very low stress compared to uh, living in cities and other places. There are very good restaurants, the traffic's not bad, uh, the Detroit airport is about half an hour away and it's a hub for Delta, so traveling is usually um, non-stop flights. Um, you can choose to live more in a college town environment or if you want to live out more in the country, um, that's you know 20 minutes away. Um, there's obviously the university, there are good uh, concerts that come in town. And then um, there's all the professional sports in Detroit and great um, uh, restaurants there. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to do. I think, as I understand it, Ann Arbor often wins awards for one of the best uh, towns to live in. And uh, uh, so I, we encourage the fellows to really take advantage of that. And I, I guess the point is we don't look over their shoulder. If things are done at 3 o'clock, I'm not thinking what's the fellow going to do now? I'm thinking about getting myself home to enjoy things here, and I expect them to do the same. Uh, so it's, I think they, we're, we are very appreciative that people choose to spend two years with us. We realize they could be doing other things with their time, and we want it to be a really positive, uh, happy experience, uh, as well as a good learning experience for them. Yeah, and coming from a warm weather place, um the weather hasn't been really a problem in winter either, so. <laughs> yeah, you get used to it, and, um, you know, it, 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 every place has its own weather uh, issues. If you're very somewhere very warm, I think in July and August, it can be, uh, you stay inside in the air conditioning here in January, February, you stay inside in the heat to some degree. So. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So then, what do you think are the biggest strengths of this program? Um, well, I think that probably it's, it, it sets fellows up to um, do whatever they want to do. And, and most fellows, when they start, don't know where they're going to end up, and they don't know um, what types of 
patients they're going to be expected to see. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, is there going to be some uh, male uh, reconstruction involved? Is there going to be some opportunities to do, you know, hysterectomies, uh, how much neurogenic bladder, all those things. And so I, one of the things that we strive for here is to make sure the fellows have a good exposure across the board so that when they find themselves looking for a job and they have, you know, different jobs have different um, skills that or background they're looking for that our fellows will be able to do whatever is needed so they won't be limited by their training. Um, and I think if you look at our, our, our graduates and uh, where they've ended up in the different types of practices they have, I think that that's really been borne out by, by that. So. Good, good. And is there anything you're actively changing or wish you could change about the fellowship? Um, one thing that we just finished um, is uh, some of our faculty are starting to go to one of the satellite hospitals uh, nearby, uh, which is affiliated with U of M, but, but is considered a separate site. So we just needed to go through the process of adding that site, um, getting a, um, what's it called, a letter of approval or something official that you have to do so that our fellows are allowed, officially allowed to go there. So, so we wrap that up and, and that just um, gives the fellows the opportunity to go out there and do cases. It's a, a short drive, but it is a bit of a drive. One of the things that's happening here and everywhere is uh, just more of the faculty um, being asked to or, or taking on the responsibility of, of, of moving their clinics and some surgeries to uh, other sites and it has to do with um, constraints at the main campus and we so as that happens we want to make sure the fellows are able to be involved in those clinical activities. Um, the other thing that we have had to pause is the in-person visiting professors and uh, so that's definitely something that we want to uh, start again and we have plans in the works to have a in-person visiting professor uh, this academic year which will be really nice to resume again so that's a change that we plan to incorporate this year. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned at the beginning that we have exposure to two male reconstructive attendings um, could you talk a little bit more about the male, male, ex, male exposure and reconstruction exposure in this program? Well, the first point is that all faculty, all of the six FPMRS faculty, see men, um, and and so um, there's you know, involvement whether it's men with neurogenic bladder or. Uh, BPH or otherwise, um, and then the two GRS faculty would, uh, so that's, I keep mentioning them and haven't said their names, so Dr. Malib uh, and Dr. Blair, and uh, uh, so they take care of male incontinence as the rest of us do. Uh, I think they would focus, of course, more on the urethroplasties. They also do buried penis repairs, Peyronie's disease. Um, and other aspects of GRS surgery that wouldn't be as relevant. And so uh, our fellows uh, do spend some time in clinic with them, uh, are assigned that it's less than with the other faculty. Uh, and then when the surgery days come up, that's a little bit sorted out between the residents and fellows about who does what. But 
the fellows definitely do spend some time uh, with those faculty uh, doing OR cases. They're both really great to work with in the OR and, um, you know, learning buccal mucosal harvest, you know, urethral dissections, other things, just it's, it's a useful, um, you know, useful experience. And we look at that every year. I, I do think that in general, it's been a, a selling point for our fellowship over the years. Uh, fellows like that idea, but we also make sure that it's not a GRS predominant fellowship. It's just something that you do get experience with. And, um, and so I think we have the right balance, but it's something we look at uh, over each year to see how that is evolving. Great. And then um, can you give us a breakdown of a representative week between clinic, OR, and research time? Uh, so two days in clinic, those are assigned. Um, there is, of course, some wiggle room there, if you will, or opportunity for adjustment. But in general, that's the schedule we set up, which then leaves three days, which either are in the operating room or <clears throat> um, free, and, and that just depends a little bit on what's going on in the OR. Um, there may be some days where I might have a couple terps and a couple interstims, let's say, and uh, it's covered by the resident and the fellow may or may not be there, and I don't really, um, you know, it doesn't matter to me in terms of you know, who's there doing those cases, and so there, there are examples like that. Um, Turns out most of our faculty have academic days on Wednesdays, so at times that can um, free up the fellows for an academic day as well. Um, and so I think it just varies a little bit week to week. The only thing that I as scheduled really is the clinic days, uh, which again can be negotiated, but um, and that's done because we want to be sure that the fellows do have that outpatient experience, which is such a big part of what, what we do. And speaking of clinic days, um, how's the exposure on urodynamics and who runs them? What's urodynamic? The <laughs> um, so we have urodynamic nurses. We have three video dynamic setups, um, and um, so those are running all of them, you know, five days a week, uh, and. Our, the fellows are involved with those at times, although they don't need to be. I mean, if they're if we're all in clinic busy seeing other patients, you know, one of us will go into the aerodynamics room for a bit. Um, but I guess there's not this um, task that they are in charge of the aerodynamics um, and must be there for the whole study or. Uh, otherwise, so it's it's not one of those where it's a burden. It's really more just part of the busy practice we have, and then um, we review, you know, as part of figuring out what we're going to do with the patients. I'll just review. Okay, here's what the aerodynamics was. What do you think? And we talk through it, and then sometimes we will um, have aerodynamics tests uh, at our weekly conference. That's another thing that I think that's unique about our our fellowship. Um, you know, we have a critical mass of people. We meet together every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. for an hour-long teaching conference. And in addition to that, we meet with the Eurogyne faculty once a month at uh, 4.30 p.m. on Wednesdays as well. Um, and so those are didactic sessions where we may do case um, presentations or aerodynamics or um, have a visiting speaker, you know, usually an internal speaker, 
unless it's a visiting professor, um, and sometimes talk about some administrative things. So uh, that gives us some structure and make sure we meet together every week. So the point is, uh, we also have an opportunity to review your dynamics cases that demonstrate interesting findings um, from the clinical practices um, of all the faculty. Definitely. Thank you very much. I can attest that everything that was said here is true. And as a, as a second year fellow, um, I've been very grateful for all the support and all the opportunities I have been giving, given. Um, Dr. Clemens, any closing remarks? Um, why is this an amazing fellowship? Well, um, I think we have a really good team. And I think one of the things that we really tried to do over the years is develop a good team approach so that um, it's not about any one single person. I think that um, what that gives is some stability. So um, as far as I know, no one's planning to leave anytime soon, but if one of us faculty would leave, uh, I don't think it would really have much of an impact on the fellowship, to be honest with you. And, you know, I think that that's um, something that can't be said for some fellowships. So, um, so I think it's a good team approach, and we all get along well, and the fellows have a great time, and, uh, and uh, they're uh, all outstanding, including Patricia. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure interviewing for this, and um, anybody that's interested in this fellowship can feel comfortable to reach out to any of the faculty or the fellows, and we'll gladly talk about the fellowship. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Sufu Podcast. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter with our handle at SufuOrg, where we'll provide real-time updates of our next podcast episode launch. And be sure to check us out on our website, www.sufuorg.com.